What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Happy New Year. Welcome to The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Oh my gosh. I hope you had an absolutely incredible holiday season. I'm going to dig into that in just a little bit. I promise you. We took a bit of a holiday break. I'll tell you what happened during that break for sure. But I want to say thank you so much for your support of the faction all throughout the years. And we're actually nearing an anniversary for the faction. We'll probably talk about that at some point during the week because this is our anniversary month. So uh, really exciting times for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. Whether that means you are subscribed to our podcast and all of the ways you can catch us on Google, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you can catch us. Thank you so much for doing that. Shouts to all of you who are also following us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. If you've not done any of that and you've just kind of been hanging out, this is a good time to go ahead and commit by hitting that subscribe button or hitting the follow button on any of those spaces. And if you're brand new, welcome to The Faction. It is a pleasure and honor to have you here. We have fun conversation about the world of pro wrestling. And uh, yeah, it's intelligent. It's fun. It's thoughtful. It's what we do. We've got a great community here with the faction. So before I dig into some of the news for today, I did want to just tell you guys we were on break for a few weeks. I had a great holiday season, actually spent the last week or so. Yeah, the last week in Jamaica with my family, and that was a lot of fun. And yeah, it's just been a really, really fun time. Lots of shows, all kinds of things. Thank you to you guys who support my commentary journey as well celebrated the three-year anniversary and we did a very special show on that if you guys missed that you got to go back and check it out i give some details about what happened on the way to my first day in commentary and what all of that is meant if you've been following me on the socials you may know this if not i had a banner year in 2022 called nearly 200 matches in 2022, which is really, really significant if you think about it. I had the opportunity to work with two new promotions, and yeah, it's been an amazing year, and I'm looking forward to some significant things in 2023, and I hope you are as well. So I certainly had intentions on doing a best of 2022 show, and obviously we haven't done that yet, but I still think there's some time this week to be able to do that, and so we'll Set aside some time to really review 2022 because I really believe that 2022 is one of the most noteworthy and newsworthy years in the entire history of this business, certainly in the modern era. And we can go all the way back to 2016 to start thinking about mammoth years. I think about 2019 a lot because it was the launch of AEW, lots of new things happening on television and the like. But 2022 was really, really different in the world of wrestling, and we'll talk about that for sure this week. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about when we look at year in review. However, this week was not a slow week in pro wrestling at all. So certainly Monday Night Raw gave us a best of show, which, by the way, shout out to WWE for 
giving their performers actual time off during Christmas. Now, you may say, well, how'd they do that? So the SmackDown before Christmas was pre-taped. And so that is awesome because, again, those folks got to actually spend a week off. And then on the Raw side of things, last Monday night was a best of 2022 show. So nobody was actively wrestling and they didn't have to travel. So I shout out WWE. And again, it's one of the major differences in times past. They've actually had to work on Christmas night or they've had to work on New Year's Day, etc., etc. In fact, last year, there was a whole pay-per-view on New Year's Day. So shout out to WWE for, again, giving their folks, and NXT as well, you know, which was taped, and all of these shows go back to being live this week. A big live show happened this past Friday night on SmackDown, where SmackDown really loaded things up. We saw the return of John Cena with his first and only match of 2022, Very interesting tag team match as he and Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Interestingly enough, Sami Zayn ended the night with kind of a busted nose. You saw that early in the match. And then there was a point that before the match ended, Kevin Owens ended up with a closed eye. Many are saying that that may have been a receipt from Roman Reigns after what happened at Survivor Series. Survivor Series, Roman Reigns was apparently and allegedly very upset because a spot happened during there that was not supposed to happen and it involved Kevin Owens somehow busting his eardrum, which is why we didn't see Roman Reigns on television for a while. Be that as it may, this thing between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn gets more and more interesting, but SmackDown it itself was one of the best episodes of SmackDown we've ever seen from start to finish. I know I just mentioned what happened at the end, but we got to go back and talk about what happened at the beginning. It opened up with Bray Wyatt. Now think about this. Ever since Bray Wyatt returned to WWE, he has been a must-see attraction. And he hadn't had a match since he returned until the holiday week. His first match back, actually, was Monday night, last Monday night, in Madison Square Garden against Jinder Mahal. Then he came here to Atlanta, and then, obviously, there was some traveling during the week. But So to start off the show with Bray Wyatt is significant considering he's been one of the biggest stories of 2022 for WWE. So many have been saying that the Bray Wyatt story has been drawn out a little too long. Many have been saying we want to finally get to some action. Personally, I'm loving the detailed long-term storytelling that is happening with Bray Wyatt. So We finally start to get some movement and real traction here as Bray Wyatt was interrupted during his promo by L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight then challenges Bray Wyatt to a match. Bray Wyatt accepts. Then we hear some music. This music is followed then by a figure who many believed to be Uncle Howdy. But if you saw the figure, you saw how the figure walked. We noticed a couple of things. First of all, if this was Uncle Howdy, he looked completely different than he did two weeks ago. The Uncle Howdy we saw two weeks ago was a bit shorter, was a bit more stocky, did not come all the way to the ring. Also had a white hat on where 
This figure had a black hat on. The figure actually came to the ring, stood in between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight, then stood on the side of Bray Wyatt, then hit Bray Wyatt with Sister Abigail. Everybody left confused. Nobody knew what actually happened. As we started getting closer pictures, many are saying that the person in that hat and that mask is a guy named Vincent. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Vincent, Vincent was a star in ROH before ROH, that is Ring of Honor, was purchased by Tony Khan and AEW. He then spent some time in Impact Wrestling representing Ring of Honor as part of a whole crew there. And so I wasn't aware that he had left Impact, but if this is indeed him, this makes things very, very interesting. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm not convinced that who we saw Friday night was Uncle Howdy. I really believe this is another figure. And I think that the Bray Wyatt world is a world in and of itself. And I don't think we've seen all of the characters coming out of the Bray Wyatt world or that we've seen all of the impact of Bray Wyatt. And I say that because if you've been watching Monday Night Raw, you know that something is clearly going on between Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, who won the number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship, will have her title match tonight against Bianca Belair. And it makes you wonder how much more of this story will unfold. Here's the cool part about this. The cool part about this is that we do have more questions than answers. And that means that we've got a great story that's being told. Lots more details. And what we know for sure is that this will culminate in a match at the Royal Rumble between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight in what's being called a Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Now, we have no idea what that means. And obviously, we'll find out. We're not sure if it's going to be a cinematic presentation, if it's going to be an in-person presentation. How many people from the mind of Bray Wyatt will show up in this? Are there people actually connected to L.A. Knight that L.A. Knight might be attempting to use to play mind games with Bray Wyatt? All of these questions hopefully will get answers in the next few weeks but that wasn't all that we saw on smackdown what we also saw on smackdown was a women's title match between the champion ronda rousey and the number one contender being raquel gonzalez they had a great great match or is it raquel rodriguez i'm confused either way raquel Great, great match. Raquel came in injured, held her own. At one point, I thought she was going to walk away with the SmackDown Women's Championship, but a big win for the champion, Ronda Rousey. And as Ronda Rousey is getting ready to talk, music hits. It is the music of the then 13-time women's champion, Charlotte Flair, who we've not seen since May of 2022 when she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship. Seven months off, almost eight full months, comes back, challenges Ronda Rousey, defeats Ronda Rousey, and becomes the new SmackDown Women's Champion. 
So there's a few things to talk about. First of all, let's talk about the long-term storytelling that's happening here. Obviously, again, back in May is where Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair never got a rematch. But then, of course, you can go to WrestleMania. We're at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair defeated Ronda Rousey. But then you actually have to go all the way back to the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble that was won by Ronda Rousey when she eliminated, you guessed it, Charlotte Flair. So this has been a story at least a year in the making. You could even go all the way back to WrestleMania 35, where those two were part of the first ever women's main event, which was a triple threat match. And then we can go even further back to the Survivor Series before WrestleMania 35, where Charlotte Flair ends up stepping in for Becky Lynch, who was injured that week by Nia Jax. Long-term storytelling, It all makes sense. Charlotte Flair comes back. And to me, this was a very Hulk Hogan-like return. If you remember when Hogan first joined the WWE, he had pretty much one match where he saved Bob Backlund. And shortly thereafter, he would challenge for the world title about a month later. But then you can go to WrestleMania 9, and you can see where Hulk Hogan was not even scheduled to be in a world title match. Bret Hart loses the world title to Yokozuna. Hogan comes out to be the great savior, mysteriously challenges in five minutes and becomes the new world champion. Very Hulk Hogan-like for sure, but people are happy to see Charlotte Flair. What does this mean for Charlotte Flair in 2023? Obviously, she's the world champion. What will this mean in terms of Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and what does this really do for Ronda Rousey? Now, we haven't talked about this on this podcast, but what makes this very interesting is this. We saw Ronda Rousey returned to the WWE at Royal Rumble 2022. What you may not be aware of is Ronda Rousey had signed a one-year deal with WWE. So that means, A, the deal could have been signed, of course, at the top of January, which means it would end at the end of December, which could be why she lost the championship. Will Ronda Rousey re-sign with WWE, extend her contract, and be a part of the Royal Rumble? Or have we seen the last of Ronda Rousey in WWE? All very interesting questions. Time will certainly tell. And speaking of Flair, Charlotte Flair's father, Ric Flair has a new documentary on the WWE Network called Becoming Ric Flair. When we come back, we'll talk about that documentary, lessons learned from there, and then how 2023 has started in the world of pro wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see 
all the things that he was doing. They were starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, guys, so one of the things that happened the day after Christmas was the release of the brand new documentary on Ric Flair. It's called Becoming Ric Flair, and it was released on Peacock, certainly WWE, strong producers of this documentary. So I think this is interesting for a few reasons. Number one, we know for the last year or so, there's been a strained relationship between the WWE and Ric Flair. They released Ric Flair on top of them releasing Ric Flair. Ric Flair certainly appeared in the NWA, appeared in some other places, and then came the plane ride from hell episode on dark side of the ring that did not make rick flair look good at all to the point where he lost his deal with car shield for a bit wwe completely distanced themselves from rick flair and flair felt like hey I was not in the wrong. WWE knows better, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to say this, and certainly this is an opinion, but I will say it. I feel like this documentary for Ric Flair was part of an olive branch that WWE was extending toward Ric Flair. If you watch this documentary, you will notice there's no mention of the plane ride from hell. There's also a very, very strategic attempt to paint Ric Flair in a different light. Now, Ric Flair has been vocal about the fact that he did not like the 30 for 30 that was done by ESPN, though I thought that the 30 for 30 was pretty incredible. Be that as it may, Flair fully endorses this documentary. It spends some time talking about his beginnings. It spends some time talking about not the plane ride from hell, but the plane crash that nearly ended his career in 1975. Talks about his career. Interestingly enough, talks about the official retirement match that WWE did for him in 2008. 
Then from there, it moves to the health scare that he had. It talks about the death of his son, Reed, you know, all of these types of things. And at the very end, there was a mention, and I do mean mention, brief mention of Ric Flair's quote unquote last match that happened back in July, the day after SummerSlam. So here are my takeaways. First of all, if you watched it, I definitely want to hear what your thoughts are on the Ric Flair documentary, Becoming Ric Flair. Here are my thoughts. My thoughts are it was a strong attempt from WWE and Ric Flair to change the narrative about Ric Flair. Meaning the last thought that a lot of people had about Ric Flair was the plane ride from hell, which did not make Flair look good. In addition to that, there was this whole attempt by Flair in the last year or so to have all of these retirement matches to really downplay what WWE did for him in 2008, which I found to be a wee bit disingenuous. They gave him the send off that I felt and the wrestling world felt like he deserved. Yet apparently that wasn't enough for Ric Flair. I'll also say this. I think that even in their attempts, WWE and Ric Flair's attempts to make Flair look different and create a different narrative, there were a couple of things that came through that really cement and support some of the things that were said in the episode of Dark Side of the Ring that was about the plane ride from hell. One of them was that Ric Flair absolutely loves women and he said some things that well didn't sit all that well with me if you go back and watch the documentary you'll probably see and figure out what some of those things are the second thing that I found interesting is Flair certainly I won't say developed an issue when it came to alcohol because he has been a longtime drinker for many many years but one would think that after he cheated death once again that it would stop him from drinking but no he still wants to drink and I'm not making a judgment call on that I am saying that if you continue to do the thing that nearly killed you and then you want to say that it didn't kill you there's a bigger problem here so Flair's issues when it comes to alcohol Flair's issues when it comes to women still came through on this documentary there was no hiding this i also thought it was interesting that wwe chose to censor nothing so there's all kinds of language on this documentary which i think would not make it suitable for children and again i think that part of not censoring it was part of the olive branch that wwe offered to rick flair I want to hear your thoughts on the Ric Flair documentary and your takeaways. So hit us up at The Faction Show and let me know what you think. With that said, before we get out of here, we want to talk about how 2023 actually began. I know it's only the second day of the year, but it began in a really big way as there was a major event that took place yesterday in Pro Wrestling Noah. It was the official retirement match for the Great Muta, as the Great Muta at Pro Wrestling Noah yesterday took on Shinsuke Nakamura. That was a whole card called The New Year, and it actually had about 12 matches on the card. Some titles changed hands. I will tell you, I watched the entire card. It was my first time watching Pro Wrestling Noah, and it was pretty incredible. 
Now, I'm going to talk about my takeaways about Pro Wrestling Noah in a second, but first, I want to talk about the massive match that happened between Shinsuke Nakamura and the Great Muta. It was very clear to me that Japan was so excited and honored to have Shinsuke Nakamura back. And for understandable reasons, let's think about this. It is not a normal thing for a current WWE contracted wrestler to appear in another promotion. So this was massive. And it's not the first time recently that it happened as Carl Anderson, who is the current never open weight champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, is obviously a contracted WWE superstar, and he's gone back to Japan to defend the title. Many thought it would be to lose the title, but not the case. He retained that championship and will now be defending it in a couple of days at Wrestle Kingdom, which Wrestle Kingdom on January the 4th is going to be extremely special because it's the first time I believe ever that you will have a contracted AEW star and a contracted WWE star appearing on the same card in a New Japan ring as Kenny Omega will be taking on Will Ospreay for the U.S. Championship, and Carl Anderson will be defending the Never Openweight Championship there. This is massive. So with that backdrop, we start the year with Shinsuke Nakamura taking on the Great Muda. The entrance alone for Shinsuke Nakamura was special. We've seen some really cool entrances for Shinsuke in WWE, but that entrance in Japan was bananas and of course the incredible entrance for the great muda was amazing these two had an incredible match an amazing story told shinsuke nakamura wins the match with a very unorthodox move as at one point it looked like he was kissing the great muda but he wasn't he was literally trying to extract the poison mist from the great muda to then spit that mist in muda's face which he did. It was an incredible end to the match. You got to go back and watch it if you get the opportunity. But on YouTube, they have the full entrance for Shinsuke Nakamura. It's special. I think we may even put it on our Facebook page and our Twitter spot because it was just amazing. Now then, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Noah. So this is big for me because really the only Japanese wrestling that I've actually watched has been New Japan Pro Wrestling and recently Stardom. Stardom, of course, connected to New Japan Pro Wrestling, etc. It's my first time getting the opportunity to watch Pro Wrestling Noah. They had this incredible card from the Nippon Budokan in Tokyo, Japan, which seats over 10,000 people. It was sold out. It looked amazing. It felt amazing. And it quickly reminded me that wrestling in Japan is as big, if not bigger, than America. And certainly what happens in America where there are multiple promotions, such as the case as well, in Japan. There's New Japan, there's Pro Wrestling Noah, there's DDT, there's Stardom, there's All Japan. There's like a bunch of organizations as well. Now, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch all of them. I certainly am a fan of English commentary, and that helps. And so certainly I was able to watch the English commentary yesterday, but it was great. If you get an opportunity to check it out, you can actually download an app on your iPad or on your smartphone called Russell Universe. That is the portal with which you can watch 
all things connected to pro wrestling. Noah, they have DDT on there as well, and a couple of other organizations. So it's a really cool space to watch. Some of that does indeed have English commentary, so you can check it out for yourself. Learned about some great wrestlers over there, including the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. I believe his name is Akusa amazing match he had yesterday like and their ghc heavyweight champion who reminds me quite a bit of kazuchika okada another amazing match so there were some great great matches that happened there as abima presented the new year 2023 for pro wrestling noah so here's the plan for this week this week we will be bringing you our best of 2022 shows so you don't want to miss that and i say shows because i think it's going to take more than one to encompass and review 2022 a big episode of raw happening tonight which features the raw women's championship and the united states championship both on the line i am excited to see what the road to the royal rumble will begin looking like because of course that leads us into the road to wrestlemania also this friday night the first show in 2023 for southern honor wrestling it should be absolutely fantastic if you're in the atlanta area or you can get to atlanta come on out it's going to be an amazing amazing show and i'm just believing this is going to be a landmark year in all of pro wrestling and for me as well with that said, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for rocking with us here on The Faction. We appreciate you so, so much. Share what we're doing with your friends and followers. Again, this month is our anniversary month, so we've got some cool things that we'll be sharing with you. With all of that said, until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my people.